Hey, welcome to the Babes Talking Business Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Lauren. I'm a mama, wife, author, and a network marketing professional. I'm really passionate about empowering women to step into their power and becoming self-led, self-ignited, and excited when it comes to their finances, businesses, relationships, and life. So I love we have created this space where women can come together to rise together to have real and raw conversations and be reminded of their power, their worth, and their vision when they forget. Because when one woman wins, we all win. And sometimes we just need someone to go first to show us what's possible. And I'm Shani. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur who loves to diversify the way I create wealth. And I love empowering and teaching you about it too. I'm an international speaker, a course creator, a professional network marketer, but my favorite job of all is being a mama. It's really important for me to fulfill my life's purpose with the impact and the work that I do. But my highest value is family. And so navigating the balance between being a kick-ass woman in business and a conscious mother is where I'm at and excited to share that with you too. Hang around me long enough and I'll show you how to step into your full potential and have you cultivating health, wealth, and fortune in a soulful and joyful way that feels good. Welcome back to the Babes Talking Business Podcast, episode 84. Join us today in this episode where Shen and I share our top 10 tips in navigating and juggling business, family, and life. We were saying how we were hoping or looking for a resource like this or wish we had found a podcast like this when we were new mamas ourselves, trying to find our feet getting back into business. So with our little ones turning one next month, I know, wild, we thought it'd be great to just have a conversation and share with you what we've learned over the last 12 months and some tips that we can share for other mamas who may be trying to find their feet and their flow and their joy in the process as well. So we hope you enjoy today's episode. Before we do jump in, I wanted to share something super exciting and so special to me. I am just about to launch my second book. I'm not sure if you got to read my first book, Life Above Zero, which was all about making mindset manageable, health holistic, spirituality, science, and life liberating. It was all about helping you find a business and career that brings you fulfillment and living life in alignment with your highest values. I have just announced my second book, which is a little bit more intimate. It's a different tone. It's very personal and it's all about navigating and surrendering into motherhood, surrendering into business. So it's called The Surrender Project, a personal journey, learning how to slow down, trust and find power in your softness as you harness your innate feminine wisdom. And this book is for any other successful women out there, whether you're in corporate or you're an entrepreneur who is challenged with slowing down and enjoying your success. Maybe you're challenged with leaning into your femininity and you're not sure how to, or you're trying to prepare for the mental shifts that come with motherhood, which I feel is a rite of passage that seems to change with each generation with exceeding demands on women. So this book was an opportunity for me to create a safe space for women to talk freely about everything from sex, marriage, monogamy, money, spirituality, and motherhood. So I am so excited to celebrate the launch of my book. We are actually hosting a launch party. Think of it like the ultimate girls night. 
If you are here on the Gold Coast on Thursday, March the 30th, we have hired a venue. Tickets are limited, so please head to the link in this episode if you'd love to come along and join us for Ultimate Girls Night where we're going to have some champagne. You'll be one of the first to get your hands on a copy of my new book. It'll be personally signed. And do not worry if you're not here on the Gold Coast, we will be hosting an online launch party event two weeks after. So on Friday, the 14th of April, the link is also in the podcast notes. If you'd love to join us for the Ultimate Girls Night Inn. And for both of these events, I'm actually going to be joined by one of my beautiful best friends, Anna, who's going to be the host. And we're going to just have a really real and raw conversation think of it like you've gone out for a night with your besties where you get to say what you mean and mean what you say and have some real belly laughs over some champagne and just talk about things that I think a lot of women in our generation are thinking but we're too scared to say out loud I know when I was asked to explain what the vibe of my book was I was like it's kind of a mix between Eat, Pray, Love and Sex in the City. So hopefully that gives you a vibe of what to expect from the book. So if you would love to be one of the first to get your hands on the copy, join us for one of my launch parties here on the Gold Coast or online. Otherwise, we will share with you where you can get your hands on my new book, The Surrender Project, at a later date. I hope to see you there. But until then, let's delve in today's episode where we talk about, yeah, juggling it all being an amazing woman in this 21st century where we can be an entrepreneur a wife a mum, and how we are learning how to do it all without burning out we are joining you today to talk about something that both shan and i were actually saying is something we wish we could have found when we first became mummers. and shan was looking for a podcast on how do you juggle mum life business life wife life friend life like when you're a business owner I think you're kind of thrown into the deep end especially when you become a first-time mama thinking about what does that transition back to work look like and I know when we first came back to this season what season are we on season four season three season four season four I don't even know but I remember the first episode of this season we actually spoke about what our transition to work has looked like but now I think We've both got little ones that are about to turn one. I think we're a little bit more seasoned in what we want to share and we've worked out what works for us and our families. We thought it'd be a really cool conversation and a resource we'd love to have on the podcast for other mamas who are thinking, what is that? What does it actually look like when you are back at work? How do you juggle business life, mum life? Um, and I'm, like Shannon and I are definitely no experts this either, but we thought it would be a really good conversation so you can see how two mamas, new mamas are doing it and what has worked for us, what we've learned and hopefully just bring a conversation to the table for any other mamas who are trying to work out their flow and what's going to work for them and their family too. Mm, I remember when Rui was just like maybe six months old when I decided to start dabbling back into work. And I think all of these tips will be for all mums. Like doesn't matter if you are a business owner or if you are in the working world and maybe you have a corporate job or whatever. Like I think the tips that we'll share today um, will be relevant for everyone. And yeah, it's funny because when Rue was six months, I was really struggling with the transition into going back into work. And I remember just Googling and I went on like the podcast apps and I'm searching and I was literally trying to find an episode with this topic and I couldn't find a single one. I was like, surely there's got to be someone out there who has the answers. So I guess 
now our bubbers are nearly one and we have a little bit of experience on how we've been able to juggle everything. So we just thought we'd bring our top tips and we've got a few. We've got like 10 here to cover. So this will be a good episode. Yeah. And I think before we delve straight in, I just want to kind of come with a little bit of a, um, what's, what's the word? A warning, a like, take what you will and leave what you don't. If that makes sense. I think something that is really sacred is parenthood and everyone parents differently. And there is no right or wrong. I think both Shannon and I are big values for like parenting intuitively. So like, there's no judgment here. Listen to how both Shannon and I have made different decisions around parenting as well and what works for our family. So I think just listen with, and don't have any judgment. We don't have any judgment for anyone else and how they parent. It's just having a really open, honest conversation about what has worked for us and try some things on, see if it works for you and if it fits for you in your family as well. Because like we said, we were just wanting to have get around other women who are having a really honest conversation about what it looked like and what was working and what wasn't. So this is just, I guess, from our experience of the last 12 months as well. Yes. Love it. Love the caveat. <laughs> that was the word. I was like, there's a That's word. The word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the first tip that I have here, and I the reason that I've written it down as number one is because I do think this is the absolute most important out of all the 10 tips that we're going to cover today. Um, but I've written prioritizing your time and creating a schedule that has things in it that are important for your family time. Um, And I think that as soon as I started to revolve my life around my family and not my family around my world, I started to feel less stressed. And I actually, you know, loved that first and foremost, we were prioritizing family time together and spending quality time and spending time with Rui. And that was the most important. So we blocked that stuff out in our calendar and then work life and whatever um, came after that. So to come to the essence of the episode, how do you balance life and work and business? Put your family first. That's I think that's tip number one. Yeah. And I think for a lot of business owners, that's a big piece of the puzzle. I think when you talk to most people who have started a business, the reason why they do so is because they want to be able to obviously do something that they love but do it around the things that they love. So I think whether you're a new mama and you're navigating the transition back to work or you're pregnant or you're wanting to be a mama, really Mm -hmm. having that focus around what do you want this season of life to look like? Like I knew that I always wanted to be a mom and me personally is why I chose a network marketing profession because I wanted a career that would allow me to prioritize being a stay-at-home mom. So think about what do you want and if you have the luxury in your career or your business to work around what's important, what do you want it to look like? Like you get, mm. you got to choose your day and design your day. What would that look like if you got to put your values of family first and then work out the pockets of time around it that you would have to, that you have to invest in building your business or doing the high paying activities that are actually going to move your business forward? Yeah. And I mean, as a businesswoman, there are other things that are like really high priority, like especially in business. So Maybe distinguish what those things are as well. Like what are your work obligations? What are your business priorities? Um, And then, of course, like yourself, you're a priority. What about your personal time? And so put those things, like the high priority things in the calendar and then everything else will fall into place. It's kind of like that analogy with the big rocks first 
and then you fill up the cup with the little rocks and the little rocks just kind of fit in between the cracks. So that's tip number one. Mm. Tip number two, I know you had Shen was delegating tasks. So um, I know you're a pro at this. You've actually, you're the one who's inspired me very early on to delegate and outsource what I can. So maybe do you want to talk about what that looks like for you in this season of life? I think we do this differently right now too. Yeah. And I mean, I know not everybody has the luxury to delegate, but um, maybe just delegating little things like um, your cleaning, for example, or the gardening or just like the house chores, like what's something that you can have someone else do for you? Um at the moment, well, I was kind of thinking ahead um, and I hired an executive assistant probably about a year before we fell pregnant because we knew that um, we were going to start trying for a family and just the way that I work, like I just get so overwhelmed when I've got so much on my plate um, and because I do usually have like a million balls up in the air at the same time and I'm like juggling several projects at one time and then several businesses at one time, I said to Maddie, I want to be a present mum and I really want to have some time off. And when he is here, I really want to not work like 10 hours a day. That's what I had been doing up until that point. And I knew that this new season of life wasn't going to allow me to do 10 hour days. And to be honest, I'd been doing it for like seven years. So I was so over it and done with it. I was ready to just slow down. So I did hire an EA um, a year before, and that's probably been the biggest lifesaver for me. She is an angel on earth. I love her to bits. She is amazing. She has literally saved my life (laughs) in the working world. Um, But, you know, before I could afford the luxury of an EA. Um, I had lots of virtual assistants, um, a lot of VAs that were from uh, like offshore VAs. And they're definitely so helpful because there's so many like little admin tasks that come with a business and so many of them add up like, and then the, the compound effect and you just find yourself all day doing admin stuff. So I started to delegate probably more like I'm going to say five years ago, I think I hired my first virtual assistant Um, and just giving like little tasks, things that were a bit tedious and, or, um, you know, like monotonous. And I was like, I don't want to do this, but I would rather pay someone else to do it. So yeah, what can you delegate? What can be done for you, whether it's in the household or errands or in your business? That's, yeah, that's probably something that has really helped me uh, juggle everything. And I think if you've never done it before too, a great question to ask yourself is what is your time worth? And this is where I was like, okay, yeah, maybe Shen's right and I should really start doing more of this because um, if you're maybe, I know my superpower is I get a lot done. Like I I just give me a list and it will, it will get done. So I, I was reluctant to get help because I'm like, I don't need help. I can do it all. But it got to a point where it was like, yeah, you can do it all. But when you're usually saying yes to everything, it means you are saying no to something else. And when you become a mom, that no at the moment is no to my little Stevie. It's like no to being present. No with, yeah, I could do it, but or I could just sit out and do nothing and spend an hour in the sunshine with Stevie. So I think also asking yourself a great question is what is your time worth? And if you can put an hour, like a per hour figure on it, is there someone who you can pay who's cheaper than your time? So that's yeah. when things like cleaning came in handy or like I've got a few VAs who do some things for me online, like simple things. You don't need to be skilled to do. It doesn't make sense for me to do it when I've got three or four hours a day to work. Those three or four hours a day I have to work around Stevie 
I spent on the high paying activities that nobody else can do. And it gives you that white space to breathe and be present, especially if you are in a season of life, like a new motherhood or new mama, where you are trying to find your feet. And when you do find a spare moment, Sometimes it's actually more productive just giving it to yourself so you can take a breath, have a nap, enjoy a nice warm cup of tea if you get the luxury of having it warm. But it's those little things, I think it's not until you become a mum that make you maybe revisit and be like, what is my time actually worth and could someone else do this for me for a fraction of the investment? Yeah, that was a biggie for me. And, um, yeah, you might be like Loz. You might be a unicorn that can just get so much shit done, like, in a really small amount of time. Or you might be like me who, like, has an overwhelming list of stuff to do and you just get paralysed with just, oh, my God, where do I even start? I'm just going to lay here on the floor and cry. So depending on what your personality type, does, it doesn't really matter, actually, because I think delegation is so helpful for all women. And even bringing it back down to, like, Having, if you have the luxury of being able to have a nanny or someone that can come and watch baby while you just like do stuff like for an hour, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things for me is mum used to, mom, my mum has been so helpful and she would say like, I'll come between the naps and like you can just get some stuff done. This was early on. And I remember like I'd put Rui down to sleep and I'd be like, okay, you can go now. Like I'll just work while he sleeps. And she was like, no, let me stay here because what if he wakes up? Like then your whole plan of working in that little two-hour nap like goes to shit and then you're going to be pissed off. And I was like, yes, actually mum knows best. Like I was just so grateful for just even that. So let people stay there while nap time is happening because, yeah, it's always when the help leaves that the baby wakes up and you're like, no, I didn't get anything done. <laughs> For sure. So um, tip number three is to set boundaries. And holy moly, I feel like both of us have gone through such a journey around setting boundaries since becoming a mom um, because it's not until you're in it that you realize, like, I just can't do that anymore. I can't show up like that anymore. I can't do that for that person anymore. And um, I think it's probably like one of the hardest things that I've had to do because I'm such a yes person. Like I want to help. I want to like I'll take things off people's plate because I'm like happy to do it or, you know, I can do it better, faster, whatever. Um, but I think that realizing setting boundaries and just saying no to things that you aren't a full body yes to or the other way around, saying yes to things um, that you are a full body yes to. I think it's so important to set boundaries when you become a mom. And this might look like, you know, I don't know, like maybe you used to do something for someone before baby and then, but now you just can't, you can't put that on your plate anymore. And just having a conversation with someone and saying, look, I just can't do that anymore. Or I'm like in a different phase of life, I'm just going to have to say no to this now and maybe I can circle back and come back to it when I'm on my feet a little bit more. But I know you've been really good at setting some boundaries, Loz, like since Stevie's arrived. So maybe you can talk into this a little bit more as well. Yeah, I feel like this is something that I'm still navigating, to be honest. And it was something that I thought I did really well until I realized I didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I oh, know, like, I give my time to people who deserve it, where it's a fair energetic exchange and people who, in regards to my business, people who um, 
who want to be part of their rescue. Like I'm, I can't be here to help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. But then I feel like I realized when I became a mum and my time got even more limited and I had a really good think about, okay, well, this is the amount of time I have throughout the week. Who am I spending my time with? I realized I was actually spending a lot of time with a lot of people. Sorry, let me rephrase that. I was spending a little bit of time with a lot of people rather than a lot of time with the right kind of people. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if this is going to land, but because I was such a people pleaser, I didn't realize I was such a people pleaser. I tried to spread myself so thinly. So I would, anyone needed me, wanted help, I would be there. I'd give them my time. But when I really did a time mode of where I was spending my time, it wasn't actually with the right people who are actually hungry to go and do the work. I was trying to save everyone and please everyone because I didn't want to offend anyone. And what I think has probably been the biggest thing that is starting to move the needle more in my business now is being a little bit more protective of my time and not so much giving more of it. Well, I'm I'm still spending the same amount of time in my business, but it's less people are getting more of my time. Mm. I hope that, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's probably been my biggest aha in business and something I didn't really realize I was doing probably until a few months ago, to be honest. Um, and then it's, and then I had to kind of give myself a coaching too because I felt really bad. I felt like I was letting everyone down because I couldn't be there for everyone. But it's in this phase of life, and I think it's actually not in this phase of life. This phase of life has been a good teacher because it really, you should really hold these standards to yourself for yourself throughout your whole life. Like you can't bend over backwards and be everything for everyone and try to save everyone. That's a really easy way to drown yourself and burn out and feel and get heavy and emotionally fatigued. So it's just been a really good time to energetically put a boundary up and be like, this is what I'm about. These are the standards that I hold. I'm here to help meet me at this energy. And if you're not ready to meet me there, it's not like I don't care for you. I don't have time for you. It's just like, all right, well, my light is on for you. I'm holding a safe space for you. If you need me, this is where you can find me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important to do. And I think as well, like a lot of other mothers would totally understand like I've had a lot of conversations with people from like within my business who are like I know that your time is limited and I know that I'm not like showing up 100% so I don't want to waste your time and it's like as soon as I put it out there I didn't like tell my team that I was doing this it was more like a decision within myself it was almost like energetically people were like okay I can't waste her time because she's a mom and she doesn't have time to be wasted. So it's been really interesting having those types of conversations with people where it's like, cool, well, I honor that and I respect that. And I really want to say thank you for respecting my time. Like, you know where I'm at when you're ready. And I think just the relief of doing that has been so amazing. Um, But other boundaries also are things like having a really good conversation with your partner, for example, and just saying like, when we're together, like, let's just, let's just not have our business hats on. Like, let's be present. Let's be parents. Let's connect. Um, and you know, like phones down and we kind of have a rule that we don't like to be on our phones around Rui anyway, but we, but we still catch ourselves. Like the phone will ring or we're like, Oh, I'm just going to quickly check this thing. Or, Oh, I'm just going to look at my emails quickly because, and then just having a conversation like, Hey, remember like, we're trying to be present with each other. So just setting those boundaries where it's like family time is family time and work time is work time and don't weave them in because that's where it starts to get messy and that's where you start to be a little bit like all over the place. So avoiding work-related tasks during family time and 
if you can avoid family time during work time, especially business owners, that's that's been really helpful as well. Just seg segmenting the two things. Yeah. And that leads really well into the next tip we had, which was being present. Um, and this is something I love just to talk about just in business in general. I find women, because we we're great, like the way our brains are wired, we're really good at multitasking compared to men. Like we can do a hundred things at once. And so more often than not, we do. We do try to do a hundred things at once. Like we're in mum life, but we're also listening to a podcast. We're doing, replying to messages, but we're also like watching a training. Like we do it all at once. But we actually, when we do that, if you actually check in with yourself energetically, you feel scattered. And you, although you feel like you're getting everything done, you still feel unproductive because you're not doing anything well. So um, I know this next step being present is we're going to talk about being present, like obviously in business, being present as a mum and in family time. But it's also just whatever you're doing, be there and do only that. Don't multitask because I know you think you're doing yourself like a favour, but you're actually doing yourself a disservice and you end up feeling scattered. You're better off just doing one thing at once, giving it all your time and energy, and you're going to feel like at the end of the day way more productive and just there. Um, so I know even something that – and motherhood has been the, the best teacher for that because of the boundary part that I think the step we just spoke about before. And my boundaries have looked different every few few months, to be honest, because as they're going developmentally through different things, their sleep changes, their behavior changes. So my boundaries have looked different. Um, but in this phase or this age where Stevie is, it's probably been like this from her eight months now till she turns one next month. Um, when she works, she's got two really good sleeps throughout the day. And then my boundaries, I work and my team honor that and respect that. I work in those two sleeps. And when I'm not, when she's awake, like I'm being present. Like we go down, we do adventures or I go to the gym in one of her wake windows and she goes to creche and she loves the creche there. Um, but I think just motherhood has actually allowed me to get so much more, so, so much more better, just better <laughs> at being present because you have to be too at this age. If they're, they've got putting things in their mouth, they're walking, they're falling over, they're really fast. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, really it will help you feel more productive I know if that might sound counterintuitive like you're like I can do this and I can multitask but when you're with your kitties be present with your kitties when you're at work be at work and you'll find you'll get way more done in smaller amount of times because you're intentional and you're focused rather than multitasking throughout your day doing little bits here and there yeah yeah I um and I know not everybody will resonate with this like I know some people don't have the ability to do what I'm about to share but, and then if, and if not, that's totally cool. Like, like Loz said at the beginning, each to your own. And also there's no judgment. Like my biggest motto in life for now that I'm a mother is like, whatever works, <laughs> babe. Like if you've got to do that, whatever works, there is no freaking judgment. Like, you know, you just got to do what's right for your family. But for me, like, I really don't like being around my computer or my phone on like listening to a Zoom or or doing anything work related, like watching a playback of a training, even listening to a podcast. Like I'm, I'm still, I just, I want to be with him when he's awake. I, and I just think they're only going to be this small for so such a small amount of time. And I don't want to look back on his first year of life or his childhood and be like, I was so disconnected to what was happening with him because I was busy watching a training while he was like, growing and learning and like figuring out life like I, I don't want to look back and regret it I don't like I, what's that book um regrets of the dying have you read that book Bronnie Bear, Bear, Bronnie yeah Bear. 
And the number one regret of people on their deathbed was, I wish I didn't work so hard. And I just always think about that. Like I know, obviously, like we're both hungry. We both want more in life. We want to be more, do more, have more. We want to double our paychecks and then double it again and then triple it. Like where it's not, I'm not saying that we've lost our motivation to work. It's actually the opposite. Like I'm more hungry than ever, but it just looks different now. Like I just like this time of my life, I'm never going to get it back. I'm never going to have one baby, just one baby to look after again, because I'm sure I'll have more, but then I'll have two babies. And then like, I just think your first is so precious because you don't have anything else or anyone else. It's just you two. It can be just you two. So my biggest thing is like, yeah, I just, I listen to the recordings or podcasts or watch trainings, like when he's asleep. Um, And that's meant that, yes, I'm working at night again. I don't think I've worked at night on my business for, man, when did I stop doing that? Probably like 2019, (laughs) four or five years ago, because then I had the luxury that I didn't have to work at night. And I was like all about self-care and not like having blue light and whatever. And now I'm just like, shit, I just got to get shit done. I'm I'm working late. Um, But like with seasons, you know, things change, boundaries change. Um. So yeah, biggest thing around being present is just don't look back and be like, oh, I missed, I missed such a special and precious time because I was too busy trying to do it all. Um, so yeah, I'm saying like when he's awake, I'm offline. Like I, I don't even have my phone around me. I don't think people can even contact me. I remember Matt was trying to call me not long ago and I was like, sorry, I just didn't have my phone on me. I was just, you know, like just playing, just being a mama. And I love this conversation and I think there'd be a lot of women listening to this where this is going to come up so I just want to talk about it. It doesn't mean, I hope Shannon and I are examples for you guys, that it doesn't mean that you have to choose between getting stuff done in your business and being present. You can do both. And like we're saying, like there's an 80-20 rule where 80% of the stuff that moves the needle in your business actually gets done in 20% of the time. Yeah. And this is what I was saying about the whole multitasking thing. You will actually surprise yourself if you have good boundaries and you're present with your kid. If you are a stay-at-home mom, for example, and you're present with your kid four, five, six hours of the day, and there's two or three hours of the day where they're sleeping throughout the day, or maybe you go, they go to bed at six, seven o'clock at night and you work for two hours at night, whatever works for you. But you'll be surprised how much you can get done when you are just intentional and focused with this is the time slot I work. And when they're awake, they're awake and I'm present. And when they're asleep, I do this. Because I feel like there's a lot of mums who think they can't do it both. And that's why they're feeling like a failure because they're trying to do it all. And they feel like they're doing everything half-assed and not doing anything well. So my advice would be, why don't you try on just for a week when you're in mum mode, be in mum mode. And when they're asleep, it means you go to bed an hour earlier, you get up an hour earlier, go to bed an hour earlier, go get up an hour earlier. If that made sense. Um <laughs> If that's what it takes, if that's what you need to do for your family to get an hour of work done, I think you will surprise yourself because a lot of the time we spend a lot of our time doing things we think are moving the needle in our business. But if you've got more intentional, the high paying activities can be done in a shorter amount of time, which means you can be present and be the successful business owner that gets shit done, but also the beautiful present mama where your white space and time expands for you. You can do both. You really can. Yeah. And in, I just want to also say, that's not to say there are pockets of time that I do actually catch up on work, like watch recordings and trainings and podcasts. And those two times I was just thinking when I'm walk, going for a walk, 
um, I've got a podcast in because he's facing forward and like looking at the world. Like I'm not talking to him anyway. He's too busy looking at the world. So I definitely have a podcast in or listening to something then. And when I'm driving, that's another time that I'll catch up on recordings. Um, can't think of any other times that I would, but yeah, I didn't want to sound like I never do work stuff when he's awake. There's definitely little opportunities where you can. Those are two that I definitely love, which is why I go for a walk every day. <laughs> yes. So let's start talking a little bit more about some tips around looking after yourself and prioritizing yourself because it's all well and good to like put systems and things in about, you know, boundaries and delegating tasks and schedules and whatever, but what about you? <laughs> um, I see a lot of mums that just, yeah, just don't look after themselves. And I think that's natural. Like we always put ourselves last, especially when we have kids, they're number one, their husbands and partners are number one. And yeah, we just kind of like our health and wellness falls on the wayside. So um, the whole analogy of you can't fill up the cup of others when your cup is not full is probably a mantra that I've ingrained in my brain since becoming a mum more than ever because I did slip away from my meditation practice for example like pre-Rui I used to meditate 60 to 80 minutes every morning oh what a luxury I don't know what that's like anymore but like I used to do that every single morning you could not mess with my morning routine and then like enter baby into the chat and it's like what I morning routines shut up like those don't exist so um I remember having a conversation with Matt it was only not that long ago it was probably I'm gonna say like three four months ago where I just felt um I just felt like my world was caving in on me because I wasn't taking care of myself and that I realized how important that was for my mental health. And it's, I didn't need like an 80 minute meditation. I just needed like 30 minutes, whether it was to go for a run or to just like sit in the sun outside in the morning and like maybe do a 10 minute meditation, do some journaling or just like have time to myself because any other mums have the life that I do, like your baby wakes you up. You do not need an alarm clock because they love to wake up at like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. in the morning and then you've got like you're on straight away. There's none of this diddle daddling, like nice little cacao and just doing nothing. It's just like, shit, I'm on. So, yeah, I kind of made a little pact with Matt and he was feeling the same way, funnily enough, but he hadn't like voiced his feelings either. And we just had a discussion about, so Rui wakes up and he has a two-hour awake window and then he goes down for his morning nap at the moment. When he drops that, I don't know what we're going to do, but anyway. Um, for now, what we're doing is, so we've got two hours in the morning. So we give each other an hour each, um, well, actually a little bit less because you kind of like going to the bathroom, brushing your teeth, having a shower and all that stuff. So it's more like 30 to 40 minutes each in the morning. And um, that works really well for us at the moment. Um, but I know that won't work for everyone because like some people have partners that go to work straight away. So that's what we're doing right now. So I am looking after myself for 40 minutes every single morning. And oh my God, it's changed the game for me. Just like mentally, my mental health and my emotional health, I've just noticed has just, yeah, I'm in such a better place since implementing that. I know too, and I've always I've been very clear with this. I like 
I am a happy Lauren, like I'm, I'm me when I can run. And if I can't run or exercise, I get depressed really quickly. And I was very aware of that coming into motherhood. And my partner is a very active person and he's very much the same. So I made it and he's got his own company, which can be very stressful as well. So very, like like Shen said, I think we're really good at making sure everyone else is okay. So for the first like three to six months, I made sure no matter how many times I I got up all throughout the night because I didn't want him to wake him up because let's be honest, I was breastfeeding. There's not much he can do anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Then he, I didn't want him to get up because I wanted him to be able to do a big workout at four or five in the morning before he goes to work at 6.37 and then he has a big day. So I was really good at making sure everyone else was okay, but I was very similar to Shen. I was like, I, because we don't have any family around us either. So I was like, I, I need to do something. So we had a conversation and we set our goals at the start of the year and I brought it back to, I need to run every day. Like it's my non-negotiable. You're exercising every day. And it's not the, and he honors that. He was like, yeah, okay, I get it. But how do we actually make that work? Because he has to leave at 6.30 in the morning and he gets home at 6.30 at night or 6 at night. And Stevie goes down at 6.30 and I'm usually working at night and I've got calls at night too. So he was like, all right, well, for that to happen, we can alternate. He's like, I'll have to go and work out at 5 a.m. one morning and then I'll come back and you can work out at 6 before and I'll get ready and then I'll go to work. And then other mornings you can get up at 5 and work out and he'll do 6 and blah, 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 blah. And so we agreed on that. But then two, I think it was only two days went past and I was like, that is shit. I don't know if any other moms can resonate with this, but I'm not a morning person. I don't like exercising at the time in the morning. And especially if you're up or two, three times in the night, like when six o'clock comes around, I'm not going for a run at that time. So <laughs> although we said that was going to happen, my mornings, it was supposed to be my mornings. I wasn't working out, so it wasn't working. So I came back to the drawing board and I was like, and I think this is a question I'd love to ask you guys, because I get it. If you've got no family around and your partner's not there, it's really easy to say, well, I just can't be done. It can. Just ask yourself some better questions. How can I make this work? And so for a while I was going for a walk every day in the pram with Stevie or I was doing workouts with her on the ground and then it just got to a point where she was too active and moving around that I could no longer work out when she was awake and I needed to prioritize her sleep windows for work. So I couldn't work out when she was sleeping either because I'm like, that was a small amount of time. And I was like, I swear there's a gym that has a crèche around here. So I was really reluctant and anxious I don't know why I was to take my baby to a crash but Stevie loves it and I'm so grateful I did because for us and like we said every baby's gonna go through different seasons but it's a lifesaver like we wake up I'll give a bit of a rundown what our day looks like now like we said babies change but she is our alarm clock she wakes up at five every morning Dan goes and gets her brings her into our room we have like an hour or two playing we'll have a slow morning I'll go have breakfast and have a cacao and she'll just make a mess of her food everywhere and then uh, we put her back to bed at uh usually around 8 30 and she'll sleep for an hour and then I'll get some work done in that hour and then when she wakes up at 9 30 we go to the creche and the gym so I get to do a workout for myself she goes to the creche the gym has a sauna, guys. Like, oh, my gosh, I think when you're a mum, you're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I go to a workout, I sit in the sauna, I meditate in the sauna, and then I go back and get Stevie and we come home, we have lunch together, and then she goes back down for afternoon nap for two hours and I work then. And then when she wakes up, we have the whole afternoon to be present. We go down, we swim, we get out in nature, and then I work again when she goes to bed at night. But if it wasn't for that crash, mm-hmm. like, I would be a devil, like I would be so unhappy. I would resent my business. So I totally get when women are like, it can't happen. Like I don't have family. My partner's not here. I've got multiple kids. Is there a crash with a gym around? Because I don't think I would. My cup would be empty and I would not have the capacity to be a loving mom or show up in my business 
I just show up as in any capacity of life, I think, if it wasn't for that hour. And I'm so thankful every time I go to the creation, I'm like, oh my gosh, Debbie, I love you. Thank you so much. You're like my fairy godmother. So just a little tip for women who may be like, I need to look after myself, but I've got no other options. I encourage you to ask yourself a better question. Like how, how can you, if, if you could, what would that look like? Yeah. And it can be so many other little things like just making time to eat healthy rather than like shitty food that's going to make you feel even worse. Um, just like being conscious about when you go shopping at the grocery store, like what's the type of food that you want to nourish yourself with? That's so important because that's such a big part to um, to your mental health and your emotional health. And even just like little self-care activities, like one of the things that I did for myself when I hit a little milestone in my business last year is I bought myself a red light like face mask, um, an Omni light. This isn't a sponsored ad, by the way. I just like actually love it. Um, and it was just like a treat to myself. And every single night I put my Omni light mask on and it goes for 10 minutes and sometimes the timer runs out and I'm like, nope, I just need another 10 minutes and I'll just lay there with my eyes closed and I am just like soaking in that goodness. So just like little things like that, just taking care of yourself. And, you know, some mornings, um, like when Matt has his 40 minutes, I just go for a little pram walk with Rue and even just like getting fresh air or like maybe a beach walk and grounding yourself, like taking your baby along sometimes when with the things that you're doing for some self-care is you can also do that too. Like you don't have to totally be separated from them. Um, so yeah, I think that's really important. And actually funnily enough, just on the topic of exercise and depression, um, Joe Rogan, I just, I saw it recently, um, just brought out a new podcast podcast episode and the scientist that he was interviewing they've just come I mean and we all know this we knew this but it's now like scientific evidence that exercise is far more effective for depression than any antidepressant pill on the planet like there's actual evidence that shows that exercise is an antidepressant and it's also the main contributor to depression when people aren't moving their bodies. So people are miserable, they're anxious, they're highly sprung, they're depressed, whatever. Like, go and move your body. Just go and move your body. I promise your body will thank you for it. <laughs> yeah, so true. Another thing I wanted to just touch on in self-care, because I've been talking to so many other mamas about this and it just might land, Um I know when you've had a full day and then you get in bed and you only, you like that time that you have for yourself is so sacred and you might have half an hour before you want to try to get some sleep before you've got to wake up numerous times throughout the night for your baby and you catch yourself using that limited half an hour you have in the scroll hole. That would be my biggest tip for your self-care is get out of the scroll hole. If your time is limited, the little times that you have, don't spend it consuming like have a really nice, even if it's like a 10-minute nighttime routine where you can get off your phone, put the screen away, light a candle, enjoy like a nice calming drink that you might have before you go to bed and read a book, like even little things like that. I think that was the biggest change for my self-care. It was like you just find yourself aimlessly scrolling at night and you're like, oh, my gosh, I have yeah. 15 minutes to myself. Put it down, step away from the screen and read. And just like that beautiful 10 minutes you have for yourself with some nice little self-care nighttime rituals, they might seem little, but they have such a big effect and they just, they can compound for you as well. One of my girlfriends has the most amazing mantra for her nighttime routine. And it's, do I want to take this to my temple? So she like, 
what are you whatever you take to bed with you you're taking to your temple like your body is your temple so I just I have her little voice in my head every night when I like am, like you have the urge like oh I've just I've done I've done nothing all day for myself I'm just gonna sit here in the scroll hole and then I'm like no no, I'm not taking this to my temple. I'm going to get a book or I'm just going to sit with my red light mask and I'm just going to do nothing because that's what I'd prefer to take to my temple before I close my eyes tonight. So <laughs> I hope my little voice is in your head now at, at night uh, that stops you from scrolling. That's a good tip. I like that one. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, tip number six, um, communicating effectively in particular with your family, with your partner, with your business colleagues, I think um, <laughs> sometimes in your sleep-deprived state, I've definitely found myself in this situation. You're just like so tired, and you're you're just not functioning. Like your brain's not functioning. Your emotional tolerance is like at an all-time low, and it can be so easy to get tripped up and just say something you regret or just not say anything at all when you really should be saying something. Um, so yeah, this is, I think this is going to be a good tip now that we're starting it, talking into it. Loz, do you want to go first with some tips around this? Yeah, I'm still navigating it. I think I've, when I think about communicating effectively, a big part of that has just been with my husband, mm-hmm. um, navigating parenthood together and just navigating. Sometimes we have the hallucination that we think our partner just knows what we're thinking and, and feeling and they don't, especially if you're a, a woman. A lot of, I find a lot of women in business, we're good at just getting shit done and making things happen and then we our yeah. resentment slowly starts to build and they don't even realise that you're holding any, harbouring any resentment towards them. So I've just made it a really conscious effort throughout the whole journey. If something's on my mind, I would just be like, hey, babe, can I just chat to you for a second? You don't have to say anything I just and I don't even know what's going to come out right. Can I just word vomit and then let's talk about it? I'm sorry if it comes out the wrong way. And I'm kind of prefacing that I'm not – like I don't want him to take offense to it. Like it's just boiling up and I need to get it out. Yeah. Um, and that's been really good because then he's also in like – I've kind of let him be like blah, 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 blah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, do you want to unpack that? Like, yes, please. And so I've been doing that with him and that's been really, really helpful. And I and I think coming back to the whole boundary thing um, – he has been like parenthood is a shift of priorities. And for us, I think the main person I've communicated with the last 12 months when it comes to things is really communicating with my partner. Mm. Um, I don't think I've had really many deep conversations with many other people. It's just been a really good 12 months of communicating clearly with him. So I think even on that stance, it's probably something I need to get better at as too, is like when I'm needing help, which I am with friends have offered help through certain periods and I've got good at accepting it, but I don't think I've communicated very well when I'm needing anything else other than to my partner. Yeah. 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 I think um, one of the best things that Matt and I introduced into our nighttime routine um, was what's called a team meeting and it has literally changed so much for us. We probably implemented this, I'm going to say like two months ago, um, and it's been a game changer for us. So our team meeting is just a, an amazing way to just communicate effectively and clearly and just get everything that's off your chest, but also just end it off really nicely. So T stands for touch. So whenever you're having your team meeting, and we do it every single night, you guys, like we are obsessed with it because it's honestly brought us closer together and helped our marriage so much. 
Um, so tea, touch, you have to be touching. So you're either like holding hands or just like curled up on the couch or whatever. And I think that is a key. I think the, t- the touching is key for the meeting because you start getting into some like topics that may not necessarily be nice for the other person to hear. So when you're like touching in a loving way, it's really hard to like blow up. At each other. <laughs> so T is for touch. E is for education. So um, we try and bring one thing to the table every night that we have learned that day, whether it's from a podcast or from reading something or whatever. So like, it's pretty funny because during the day, you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't learned anything today. Um, I've got to like bring like something to the table tonight. So E is education. Um, you educate something, each other on something new. A is appreciation. So you have to tell the other person what is something that you appreciate in them that from that day. So what did they do that day for you um, and or what do you appreciate about them? They didn't have to necessarily do something. Um, but that's a really nice like conversation to have. And then M is metric. And so your metric that you bring to the table is something that has bothered you or upset you or pissed you off, annoyed you, whatever, whether the person did something, said something. Um, The point of the metric being brought up in the evening is you're not like having a knee jerk reaction at the time that it happens um, and bringing it up then and then like it escalating into an argument or a disagreement, like you just hold on to it and then you bring it to the team meeting at night. And it's so powerful because you've just spent the last like couple of minutes like touching and educating each other and then telling each other what you appreciate in each other. And then it's like, okay, well, now I get to get to the bit that I've been waiting for all night. No. <laughs> but um, the metric, yeah, it's, it's awesome because what we were finding especially like, I'm just going to be really real. Sometimes like being a parent can get really full on. Like it's, it's all day. You're on all day. And sometimes because you don't have time to yourself, you're not going to the toilet on your own anymore. You're getting woken up at 5am. Like there's so many things that happen when you become a parent that you, it gets to you, especially, you know, first time parents, when you're a second and third and fourth time parent, I think you're totally used to it, probably like have some other things, but definitely as a first time parent, there are so many things that can trigger you um, because they are our biggest teachers, these little people. And so in the moment, you could get so pissed off with something that the other person hasn't done or has done. So you get to bring it to the table at night. And you know what? Some nights like we don't have a metric. We'll be like, I don't have a metric today because I love you, like whatever. And then some nights it's like, okay, here's my metric, buddy. And you don't you don't get the chance to rebuttal. It's not like to have a conversation back and forth and like explain your stance or your your opinion. It's just like you just hold space and you acknowledge how the other person feels and what happened for them that day and yeah, you work on being better for each other. And it's so freaking powerful. Um, And then we kind of add a gratitude at the end, because sometimes the metric, like, you know, it can get a little bit heated, it can get a little bit like, you know, like, I don't know, you get defensive. So we end the team meeting with something you're grateful for in life. Um, And that's a really beautiful way to end it off. So that team meeting, I should call it like team G, because you end with, you know, gratitude, but 
it has been game changing for us and we absolutely love it. And we've shared it with a lot of our friends and a lot of our friends are like coming back to us and being like, thank you so much for sharing that. We started it, we implemented it and it's beautiful. Like we're so much stronger. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my tip around communicating effectively. That's so nice. Where did you guys come across it? Finally, Finally. On a Instagram reel, like a, a reel came up and he found it. Matt found it. That's he, so cool. I think we had had an argument like that week, like something, something had really upset me. And then he was like, yeah, well, this upsets me. And we were both like, oh my God, like we both hadn't been communicating. And then, yeah, like he came home and was like, oh, I found this really random reel, like check this out. And I was like, we should totally implement that. So we have, and it's been amazing. That's nice. I like it. I don't know. I've, I think I'd try that with Dan, but I don't know. Maybe I should bring it up with Dan. He's just not much of a talker like that. He's like, nothing's good. Everything's good. I'm like, but is it? It's like, yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> Some nights you don't have a metric and it's nice. Like most nights are, you know, like metric free, you know, it is, I think it is nice to start like communicate on a deeper level especially when you're not with each other all day yeah no, I think it's beautiful let's bring it up after this podcast of catching up with the boys I'm like hey Dan let's try this team meeting <laughs> <laughs> okay let's go through the last little tips um quickly because we did promise that these episodes would be 30 minutes but here we are like 45 minutes later um being flexible and going with the flow oh that has been like the biggest the biggest lesson for me over the last year. Something that I keep coming back to is that saying this too shall pass. Um, when you're in the thick of mum life right at the start, like the days the days and nights are long. Like you're doing like the feed and the sleep and everything's like it's like a two, three-hour turnaround. And something I keep coming back to now because we're in a really good flow and routine right now is this too shall pass because the hard times pass but so do the good times and the easy times so just being flexible and knowing when you are bringing up little humans that they've got their own life and their own timeline and they're not going to fit into your perfectly scheduled day and yeah my saying that kind of just kind of anchors me being like this too shall pass is like this phase that they're going through right now will pass and like the little hands won't need me anymore. And like, it just grounds me to be present and to be flexible and not to get too hung up on certain things. And yeah. Um, yeah. Because like what worked today might not work tomorrow and mm. that's okay too. And just coming back to this two shall pass during the little for a little bit. And it comes back to what you said at the start, Shen, like I don't want to look back and be like, I was so frustrated or I wasn't present or I was too consumed by my business. Um, and just doing the best that you can and in the moments that you do have and knowing every day is a new day to do things a little bit differently um, and just leaving leaving space for flexibility, leaving space for white space, leaving space for spontaneity. Um, you, you can't be a drill sergeant as much as we like to be and we try to have everything in this routine and I think when you are like that, you you actually don't really have any other choice but to be let down and frustrated because that's not life. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I found myself getting really frustrated sometimes like earlier on when I first started working 
where I would be like, cool, okay, he's having, you know, two naps, three naps, whatever. And they should be, the first one will be 45 minutes, the second nap should be two hours, and then the third will be 30. And, like, relying on that was not good for me because obviously, like, they're so unpredictable and their two-hour nap ends up being 45 minutes. And, like, because I was planning to get all my work done in those moments and then I'd have a day where he would not sleep I was getting so frustrated and like I was resenting and it was a horrible feeling and then so I changed my perspective to everything is in the calendar pending baby and actually I got that one-liner from my brother-in-law because um we had like a family function and uh, it was around Rui's nap time and yeah, I just like said in the group chat, like, yeah, we're in, but um, like, I'm really sorry. I, I don't know what, if we'll be on time or if we'll be late. And he was like, don't apologize. Like your schedule is tentative and it's also pending baby. So whenever you book something in with someone, you're like, yeah, I can meet you at that time, but pending baby, pending my baby, like might sleep, might not sleep, might be having a shit day, might be throwing a tantrum. I don't know. So when I started to put everything in pending baby, Oh, it's just taken so much pressure off me. So if I sit down to work and I've got two hours of work in his nap time and then he wakes up within like 45 minutes, an hour, and I'm like finding myself getting frustrated, I just bring myself back to, okay, that was just pending baby. Like I'm mum now, like I'm shutting the laptop down and we're going to, unexpected stuff happens all the time. We're going to go to the park or we're going to go to the beach or I'm going to go to a play group or I'm going to just like play with him. Like just not getting frustrated um, and becoming flexible and knowing that things are not going to go according to plan because they are our biggest teachers. Like I think parenthood is such a spiritual journey um, that we have to, when we're finding ourselves getting frustrated at whatever's happening with the kids or whatever, like bring it back to just be a conscious parent. They're here to teach you so much and just like sit in that. And that's helped me a lot. (laughs) And a business tip for this too, if this helps, is um, I started instead of planning my day and like what I was going to do in each sleep window, I started planning my day in 24 hours. I just have a list of things on my my little diary that I'm going to try to get done. And if I don't get done while baby sleeps that day, then it just means I just do it tonight. So that way I wasn't putting so much pressure of what I had to get done in every single minute. I was just flexible. If it got done in that time, it did. If it didn't, all good. It meant that I might be up an hour later tonight getting it done. But, yeah, just planning my days rather than hour by hour, just day by day, I'm being flexible when certain things got done. And likewise, sometimes how I used to plan things, like, oh, this would be done on a Monday. There's some tasks in my business now. I'm like, it's a week thing, like, it's on my thing to get done this week. When that happens, I don't know. It'll be when I have time so just sometimes maybe just being flexible on how you and changing things up on how you plan and schedule things in your business and giving yourself rather a 24-hour time slot rather than it has to be done in this minute and this time because it will get done like you said just flexible and when that gets done and if you're really good with your boundaries you might actually find you get it done way easier when the baby's asleep at night (laughs) yeah so I think if you're just like willing to adjust your schedule and you're not so drill sergeant with it it's just so good for your sanity honestly like Just stop driving yourself mad by putting this self-pressure on yourself to get stuff done when they sleep or whatever, like, you know, whatever, whatever you've set yourself for the day and then 
that maybe the baby's sick and you can't do anything. Like you just have to be a mum all day. Like just expect the unexpected, roll with the punches. They're not even punches. It's just motherhood. Like just sit in it. And when you change your mentality and mindset around that, my God, you are you literally finish the day off feeling sane again. <laughs> sometimes we're just waiting for someone to give us permission to that that's what motherhood and business can look like yeah. like you it 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 does get to be like that it doesn't have to be like you said drill sergeant everything being scheduled like this has to be done here you has to be this really nice white space where this is wearing your mom and this is where your business owner like it is just being flexible with your boundaries and being intuitive and you it doesn't have to look like it has in a masculine world. I think a lot of us has been have been taught how to lead and succeed in businesses driven by men. Mm. We're not driven like men. We have a 28-day cycle. They have a 24-hour cycle. Like our energy is going to peak through different periods of the month. Our magnetism is going to peak through different seasons, different periods of the month too when you're feeling that's when you should be presenting or pitching. Um, so I think honoring some of your superhumans as a woman and just knowing that you can actually be a little bit, you can be effective in being flexible when things get done. And even if you've looked into cycles thinking that's another really cool way you can honor your feminine superpowers in business where you don't feel like you're energetically draining, draining yourself or draining. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Another look. Um, Cause yeah, you can, you can have, like I said, women are wired differently. We can actually get way more done in a smaller amount of time than men can. So we can actually condense time. Um, so it allows you to be a little bit more flexible with how you spend it. Yeah. Tip number eight, staying organized. Um, I am not an organized person. <laughs> I suck at this, but I pay someone to help me be organized. So if you have that luxury, and you are super unorganized like me, like literally Beck, my EA is my calendar gatekeeper. She texts me every morning and she's like, this is what you're doing today. Don't forget it's this person's birthday. So yeah, I, I suck at this one. This is not a tip that um, I can speak fluently in. <laughs> and I don't know how to give tips on it because it just comes naturally to me like I don't know how people aren't organized like sometimes I look at Shani I literally said to Dan this morning like I don't know how Shani lives like I don't know how she does life like because organization is my tip to freedom it, it, it's actually what gives me the white space to breathe and be relaxed and not be stressed so organization I think if it's something that you are challenged with definitely spend some time trying to put some systems in place or if you can outsource like Shen does because it's going to be a big piece to your sanity if you've got a lot on your plate yeah um so I, I don't know what tips I have for you I, I I am just a really organized person and I think that just comes down to it helps you enforce your boundaries like yeah work out whether it's systems around where people have access to what your calendar looks like um I I the way that I stay organized is I just live off my calendar like my calendar tells me what to do at every moment of the day. And that's the only way that I can be organized. Um, so like organizing events that I've got coming up, birthday, like today I had a first birthday party in the morning. Then we had Rui's nap and I was going to work in that nap and I did. And then we had this podcast and then we're having dinner with the boys and the kids after this, like all of that's in my calendar. And it's all like color coded. And then when it's my work week, like I've got all the tasks that I've got to do. It's in my calendar. I, I like to use digital calendars. And I also love to use Asana, which is a project management um, app. You can have it as an app or you can um, download it like as a desktop um, shortcut. Like 
it, that's how I'm organized. Without that, I'm a hot mess. <laughs> and even with those things in place, I still need an EA to help me be organized within those two realms. So yeah, cal- digital calendars. I know that you're a paper calendar person, aren't you? You don't like digital Oh, the only thing that's digital is the time that my team have access to me. So I've got my two windows every day that my team can book in with me, which is Stevie's sleep windows. And then everything else is I just got my diary on my on my desk, which like I said, it's a 24-hour thing. I write down what needs to be done within the 24 hours or it's a weekly goal that needs to be done throughout the week in yeah. my white face outside of my work. My work See, like day. I'm so different. I, I, would, I would melt if that was me. I would literally, like you would never hear or see, see me. I... I will have an appointment in my calendar and then I even have the travel time in it because I get pinged by my laptop and my phone every time like a new task needs to happen. So I find just like working away on my computer and I need to be at, I don't know, let's just say I go get a blow dry. I literally need to put the 30 minute travel time in my calendar because it needs to ping me because I need to know 10 minutes before I leave that I need to like wrap up and go downstairs and get in the car. Otherwise I'm fucking late for everything. So I don't, we're so <laughs> like the other day you messaged me about a call like so your ea organized the calendar call for us to put a call on our calendar she's the one who organized it you're the one who sent me the calendar reminder and then she messaged me on the day that it's not on how do you have a call i'm like you're the one who organized the call for next week and you're the one who sent me this really beautiful picture of what day it is on no and i just sent shenny's message back to her i'm like no it's next week i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> how do you literally yeah that was communication blunder I don't know what happened there but I was like see this is why I need help (laughs) (laughs) that's why I said at the start of this I think there's no right and wrong guys to parenting or business you've got to work out your personality style and what works for you because like listening like you said to me it might sound like that won't work when I listen to Shan like your life sounds give me anxiety because I feel like every minute is micromanaged and I'm like oh my gosh I've got so much to do I, I prefer just seeing white space being like, I've only got, oh, two lots of work slots and the rest is white space. But like you said, you'd feel like a hot mess if you just had a piece of paper with things to do on it. Yeah, I just wouldn't get anything done. There's definitely white space in my calendar, but, yeah, and I just, if yeah, I need to put my tasks in. <laughs> this is my personality. Okay, tip number nine, we're wrapping things up. Learn to say no. I guess we kind of spoke about this with, with boundaries, but, just saying no to things that are overwhelming you um, and just being selective about the commitments that you make. Like that's been a big one for me, but I, I always found it really hard to say no because I do love to help and just take pressure off people. So I would be like, Oh, I'll, I'll take that off your plate. Let me do that. But literally like becoming a mom and having limited time, I, it got to a point where I was like, I actually can't do that. I literally don't have a minute in the day where I could take that off your plate. So just, yeah, just saying no. It was actually really difficult for me. It still is really difficult for me to say no. Like I got asked to be on a podcast a few weeks ago and I was like, old me would say yes, but now it's just a no. And then I had someone from head office ask me to help them out with um, like a training and yeah, I said no. Like usually I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a yes girl, like I'm a yes to everything, but just actually saying no is so freeing. Um, it's it's actually, it's been hard, but it, it has felt really good at the same time. Yeah, I'm working on it still. I say no, I think pretty good within business. My struggle is saying no outside of business with friends. Like there's a 
it's learning how to not feel bad if I can't make social commitments. I think that's been my big thing. And then I stretch myself when I end up burning myself out or going to something where I really didn't want to go to mm. like, and I, cause I, cause I could like, cause I could, I had nothing on. I could have made it work around Stevie when my actual gut instinct was just like, I just I don't, don't want to go. go. I'm just, and I, I think um, something that I'm navigating is just friendship circles since becoming a mum, and it's not so much about them changing and you outgrowing. It's just because everyone, all our time is so limited that you just, I don't think I, we're communicating very well in my friendship circles, I think, as all new mamas. So I feel like a lot of the times we're saying yes to things because we feel like we should be there, but then we're getting there and our friends aren't getting the best versions of us because it was like a half-hearted yes. Mm. So personally that's where I'm at navigating motherhood I'm good at saying no within business now I'm still working on the social commitment side of things and it's a journey yeah like we said at the beginning we're not freaking experts (laughs) we're still winging life every day (laughs) we're getting there look our kids are turning one next month they're doing something right we're nearly there (laughs) we've survived last tip tip number 10 remembering your why and I think this is an important one to finish off with I think like remember that when you're juggling everything, you're juggling business and family and your social circles and all of that stuff, just remember that what your goals and values are. And, and Loz and I started off this season with a beautiful goal-setting activity. If you haven't listened to it, please go back. You can actually get the recording off the website. If you go to that episode, um, we've got a workbook like make sure you know what your values are, make sure you know what your your goals are. And that is going to help you so much when you're in the thick of motherhood and the thick of juggling a business throughout motherhood, like family first, first and foremost, keep your goals and values in mind. I know like both of us and I have our vision boards or we've laminated what we want to create this year and just stay focused on that. And anything that doesn't fit into those boxes is just a hard no. Um, and when it is tough and when it is getting hard, like you can have a cry, but also remember, like you asked for this, this is like the most precious, beautiful, delicious phase of life. And you asked for this time of life and you were excited for it. And maybe if you weren't excited for it, there was a part of you that was, you know, open to it at one point. And I think just remembering that and staying focused on what matters most is just, yeah, really important in this phase of life and this season. And making time and taking the time to relish in joy in this season. So when you think about your why, like look at your, whether you did the goal setting activity or you've got your vision board, when you look at any of those visions or goals and you take yourself to that space, I'm sure you can feel a certain emotion. And the thing about goals is those emotions are actually available to you now. So throughout your day, it doesn't matter how mundane it might be. You might be sitting at home with your kids and you still haven't washed your hair or your whatever it might be. Like, those feelings that you're chasing on a vision board, they're actually available for you today as well. So whether it's you can feel them being present and playing with the with your baby on the ground with some toys or it's like sitting on a swing with them or it's going for a walk on the pram and actually like being present and looking at the sunset or the sunrise or the birds, like just making the time in your day to connect with those emotions now because at the end of the day, that's what we set goals for. We're chasing feelings and don't get so caught up in where you're going that you forget to relish in where you currently are. This has been a great episode, Luz. I wish I had this episode when I became a mum for the first time. I needed this, so I hope this helps a lot of people. 
Yeah, and I think like we said, coming back to the whole flexible thing, like this episode probably would have been different if we recorded it and it was different when we did our first episode this season because things change and you've got to be flexible as you're learning and adapting as a mum and you might have different values, you might have a different family dynamics. So pick what you will from this episode. We hope it serves you and leave what doesn't and just know that you're doing an amazing job. Wow. Awesome. Bye, guys. Bye.